thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. I've been doing this thing my whole life. Suffered for the art, that's why I'm so nice. What's going on, everybody? This is the Mississippi Superman, and welcome to another episode of the Man Up Podcast. I'm joined today with my co-host, Tyler. Don't call me possum. What else did we call you last nah, week? you fucked that up, dog. We changed it. I didn't change it. Arkansas Batman. No. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, Tyler, don't call me possum Copeland. <laughs> not... The Arkansas That's Batman. That's what it is, the Arkansas Batman. And, uh, no, it's, and now, I, honestly, I, I feel like I, I can almost call you a co-host at this point, Alan, because you've Working been on. Working my way up through the ranks. You've been, uh, you've been on the last, like, I don't know, Six out of the episodes. last, like, ten episodes, you've been on eight of them or something crazy. So, you're the cheese cutter. Oh, that was amazing. Cheese, cheese cutter aficionado himself. That is nothing Just, short so of amazing. Upon turning 18, I got, this is a bridge, and uh, yeah, it is. that is when the game opened up. Oh, yeah? So the hoes just didn't like it because you had that cheese. I, hoes, I'm gonna tell you right now. I just I don't think that hoes of any class or clout, especially in high school, are messing with a dude with no teeth. I just don't think they are. You ain't want to. You ain't want to fuck with Grandpa. I just no. don't think they are. I just don't think they are. Did I you think have that going on. <laughs> I think there's a certain. Well, kidding. now the wire kept. Yeah, the, the wire, wire kept his lips yeah. in place. How many probably. times you cut your lip with that wire? It wasn't like a. It wasn't. Well, that kind of wire. It wasn't happening that much. What kind of wire was it then? Same kind of wire they use for braces. Uh huh. And I've cut. I had braces, and I cut my my ch- lips on that wire all the time. And I imagine yeah, because, if I didn't have teeth, because it was it. twisted and like on sitting on your teeth. This was just straight across. Yeah. Well, what held it there? Concrete. I you had, had no teeth. Concrete. Yeah. Concrete. Okay. Concrete. Bro, quit playing with me. I know damn concrete. What you mean concrete? The same thing. They concrete braces to your teeth. It's it's. Yeah, How yeah. You they, that's what that's called. They don't yeah. just—they don't just glue that some bitch there. Yeah, no, what kind of damn concrete is it? It ain't quick, concrete. Quick creek. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's, it's I know a guy. I know a guy who had you know what the little platelets that they put on your teeth there on the wire through in high school. As long as I know brackets. this guy, the brackets. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I don't know if this happened or not to him, but what my assumption is that my boy decided he wasn't going back to the dentist. Well, he's you ready did. to get that wire out. Your homeboy. Hell no, homeboy. Okay. My man cut the wires off his teeth and left the brackets. They were there for years. Just uh, just there. Just a little the part that was stuck to your teeth. <laughs> if he had just not cut the bracket the the wire, he would have just had straight teeth. They took the brackets off for him. But they were there for years anyway. So he did nothing. He accomplished nothing. <laughs> he accomplished nothing but getting to have braces for even longer. Yes, he was straight. And sti- why do he have braces? I'm then? saying he didn't want to go to the confusion. dentist to pay to get them took off. I guess. I don't think that would. Be that's a included. Thing. That's I would included. think so. I would think so. I don't know, but I just wonder how he did it. Like he had to like some vice grips. With had the, to yeah, with, the, with the pointed nose. Just. I'd be scared as shit. Hell yeah! Just go. That's the best part of having braces is getting them taken off. Oh, yeah? I, yeah. I wouldn't know, bro. Bro, that first day, homie, oh, my God. It's probably the first, like the first day you had teeth. First day you just licking them things up. Mm. How long did it take mm. you to heal up after you decided to eat Try to eat a toolbox. Tool I think I was laid up in the hospital. Did it taste or- good? Laid up in the hospital. That's a Tyler, that's how, that's a question Tyler would ask. Like a, like it's a funny question that don't really have a good answer for you to come back with. Did it taste good? I like I took. Y'all know that. the taste of blood. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it tastes like. It's very ironic. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think I was laid up in the hospital for a couple of days. Couple of days. What, what so, what, how about did, how'd you get your gums back to the front? The oral, oral surgeon. The oral surgeon. Oh, so you had to go through rigorous hours of surgery, or just immediately? As soon really? as it probably wasn't rigorous for him. He's probably asleep. Dude, mm-hmm. on the whole ambulance ride, like my neighbor was the ambulance driver, and he's like, "Alan, don't go to sleep. You might not wake up." Because the whole time on that ambulance, was like, <laughs> like he was on some good ass ecstasy. Or well, something. I, I was knocked out, and if I would have, you know, Concussed. they say like after you have a concussion, they used to. They don't say that anymore. <laughs> really? They yeah, they know not, better. It's not true. Fine. You oh. can go to sleep after concussion. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what you want to do anyway. Right. Yes. Yeah, perfectly fine to go to sleep after. Well, I mean, the thing is, if the concussion's bad enough, if you're asleep. They may like, especially if you're by yourself and you're asleep. Like, have a seizure. If and you like, there, there may be some things that they're looking for that they can't see. Mm. So like, there's like, there's they things that could awake. happen that they need to like. I think your eyes need to be open for them to like check and like make sure that you're still good. And that's the, I think the real reason. I don't. There's actually no danger to like for real, for real falling asleep. It was probably and he probably even knew this at the time. He probably was just like. Needing to keep an eye on your something, and you need to be awake for him to, to, for him to do that after a head and shot like that. Like that yeah. yeah, or maybe not. Maybe he, they still thought at that time that you couldn't go to sleep because that was a vastly held belief in the medical community for was, years and years. It was two thousand one too. So yeah. your grandpa's head went through the windshield or just <laughs> into the windshield? He busted it. So it went through it like his neck was on the glass. No, no, no. Oh. He just he hit it and came back. It knocked oh. him out. Knocked him out. Mm-hmm. He keep his teeth. He did. Yeah, I, yeah. I was the only one that lost teeth. Man, in this did he have his teeth still at that point? He did. Oh man! So you lost your teeth before your grandpa did. Unfortunately, that's, that's tough. Crazy. That's a tough way to live, Alan. Toothless with your grandpa having teeth. Man, my grandpa didn't have just, teeth. Pretty. Y'all were just accidentally going through all the nicknames I had in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheese grater and toothless uh, one. <laughs> oh man. That's tough. I can imagine. Holy. I can imagine. Prob- probably true. Probably oh, there's a lot of truth to that because. I mean, if I had a homeboy, you get especially on. by your homeboys, right? Like your homeboys definitely gonna clown you, dude. That was the thing. So uh, at South Lamar, we didn't have a middle school, so from seventh to twelfth, it was just from elementary school to high school. Yeah. And oh, you went to South Lamar, so not very many people had their fucking teeth, right? <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> what? What you laughing at? I know them some bitches. <laughs> Tell me, I don't know some of them some bitches. <laughs> No, I, you laughing because it's true, ain't it? There we go. Uh, Finally, think about think about the homeboys. Shut up! I'm dude. from Vernon. Shut up! <laughs> yeah. I don't give a damn. <laughs> kind of same thing. <laughs> I mean, it's right down the road. <laughs> right, so shut up. <laughs> you almost cried. How about laughing. shut up? You know what though? You know what though? Here's no, but the, my homeboys had the back, and when that settlement money came in, I got my teeth fixed. First thing I did was I uh, I bought us a, a couple rooms at a resort down in PCB, and we threw down. You know what I did. So they was cool with you the whole time, though? They ain't oh, dude, they, yeah, they had my back the whole time. Oh, man, you know what I did for y'all if you would have shit on me if I ain't had no teeth? What? Got that settlement check, got my teeth fixed, and got y'all motherfuckers hooked on meth. <laughs> 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 That's the first thing I wanted to do. And then I had a clown y'all's ass for the rest of your life. I'm <laughs> like, what y'all toothless, no teeth having motherfuckers doing today? It is ironic, though. A lot of those people <laughs> <laughs> that were giving me shit, <laughs> like, yeah. they don't got teeth now. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> got them. That's a good point. Yeah, they still got their teeth in high school. It's just the meth that brings it out. Okay. You know what I was thinking about the other day? You know one thing that does suck about country motherfuckers is like, unlike people from the city. No, unlike people from the city, people from the country are represented by our bottom one or two percent. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like when you think of a country, when the people from the city think of a country motherfucker, they think about the bottom 1%. The toothless, <laughs> no shirt with overalls, barefoot ass dude walking around barefoot outside, having sex with his sister, and doing all kind of weird shit. Those are our people. That I'm not saying those people don't exist in the South, because they do. If anybody's going to have sex with my sister, it's me. Right. Those people <laughs> exist. I'm not saying they don't exist, but they are our bottom 1%. But when you think about a dude from New York, you think about a dude in an Armani suit talking on a cell phone trading stocks. But no, there are people having sex with their sister, scratching their neck, talking about, I need some crack in New York. all just, over the streets of New York. There's way more of them than there are dudes in Armani suits on cell phones, especially in certain yeah. parts of New York. Why don't we judge them? On the on the crack front fiend instead of the dude in the Armani suit. I think we're beginning to PR. Like, when, when you think about San Francisco or New York, you think about shit in the streets. With San know? Francisco, I didn't. Bef- I thought about gay people before I went to San Francisco. Now you think about homeless. Now I think about homeless people and shit in the streets. Yeah, because there, there was way more of that than there was gay people. I tried to told you when I got there back. were gay people. But yeah, I just I don't I, I don't know. I think you did tell me, and I, I guess I forgot. Told you because that was the worst experience in the United States I've ever. It's the had. worst city. It's the worst city I've like, ever been to. It's I, beautiful. Beautiful though, and it beautiful, is, and it is the the tech capital of the world, and there's shit in the street. Ain't yeah, that something? It's crazy. Is uh is uh? I, had more I thought f- that Silicon Valley was a tech capital. That's I mean Silicon. It's just outside of yeah. I had more fun in Brazil, and they had chart rock gravel roads. That was their main yeah <laughs> access. Like yeah, it's, San Francisco is the the city of San Francisco is an absolute shithole. It was. Oh man, it was rough. I just I don't I don't care. Like it was a beautiful city though. I biked across the whole city. It was that was the best part of the whole trip, honestly. And I had a lot of fun on that trip too. I did have a lot of fun on that trip. Like because I was there with some cool people and we were going out as a group a lot. But it's just so and, hard to overlook that little bad. Right. Part, but then right? you're just walking around and, and I I had not participated in marijuanical activities in many, many years up to that trip. Yeah. And I participated heavily that weekend. So it was very noticeable. So I had a really good time. Uh, with that going on, you know, and then just biking across the city was a lot of fun getting to see like the parks. I, I rode through a lot of the parks for in, business oh, or pleasure. I was there for business. You ride on any shit on accident? I didn't, but I just, I did walk over. I never actually stepped in it, but I walked over it a bunch of times. I don't travel a lot for pleasure. Most of my travels for business because if I can go for business, I can write it off. So I, I like link my little vacations to business trips. Smart though. Yeah, I just I just stay an extra. I'll be there for three or four days on business, and I might stay for like an extra day or two, and kind of see. And then I, then once a year or something, me and the family will go somewhere. Like I want to go back to. Uh, I see. Honestly, one of my favorite places I've ever been is Dolphin Island, Alabama. Oh yeah, that's a place. That's I, I love it. I absolutely I live love. Far from there, I lived in the Bayou. Really, Bayou I love Dolphin Island, Alabama. I think we're going to go back. We went there last year for vacation on spring break. A lot of people say Alabama's best kept secret. Yeah, it really is. But you know what? The fact it's the best, the best kept secret is why I want to go. I've never been there sober. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Dolphin <laughs> Island. That's where I ate them twenty zans that time in the ocean. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Did you drive in? I drove there and drove back. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a long drive. Oh, you sure you were in Mobile? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Sarah Land. What was that? 45 minutes? Yeah. Because Sarah Land's north side north. of the Oh, so you drove a good little ways. Oh, yeah. Dolphin Island. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a good drive then. I don't know it's how probably I got an hour home. and a half. I don't know how I got home. You've told that story before, yeah. but Bad. Um, I like it because there is nothing there. Yeah. I love that. I go there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch there's of a houses. Ga- there's a gas station. There's, there's like two places to eat. Yeah, there's, there's a gas checkers. station and then you've got a you've got a 
Got a place called Doherty's. There's a subway inside the gas station. Mm-hmm. There's a couple. There's several local, locally owned spots. Hardly any chains. Almost there's almost no. There is really no fast food other than that one subway. Um, there's no lines really. There like there's this one seafood place back off Dolphin Island, about 30, 20, 30 minutes from Dolphin Island. It's pretty good. Um, What's it called? Pelican, I don't remember. Pelican Reef. Okay. Yep. That sounds right. Actually, um, I used to hold that down uh, every Sunday. We had a. Uh, gig we would play every afternoon there for about three months really okay yeah so i mean me and another guy two piece that's cool i love it i love it down there i i just like it's really the one of the only vacations that i've been on where i felt like i was actually unwound like if I, I don't, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not trying to go to Gulf Shores, Alabama, or Orange Beach. I'm not trying to go to PCB. Too many I'm not trying to sit in lines. I'm not trying to wait an hour and a half to eat supper. I'm not trying to sit in traffic all day don't and fight be traffic. The dickheads on them segways. And then you, then you want to wake me up, like to get anything done. You got to get up at like six in the morning, and so you can beat the crowd, and then get on the beach and get a good spot. And I don't want to do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I want to sleep till nine thirty. I want to make ease my way to the beach and just kind of hang out. Maybe go out. To eat that night, and I want to go to bed early that night. I want to rest. I'm trying to go on vacation. These like everywhere you go, that's like a, a vacation spot. It's like work. Like when you're a man and you go on vacation, Louis C.K. has a bit about this. You load the car up. You you spend all morning getting the car loaded up, and you get the family loaded up, and you you know you're getting all the bags in, and you you're getting everybody in the car, and then you close the door for your wife, and there's that little moment where you walk from your wife's door around to your door on the other side of the car. That's my vacation. That's my vacation. That's a man's vacation. A man's vacation when you got a family is that 10 second walk of stops or when you get to get out and pump gas or when you like the few little moments taking a shit. That's a vacation. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a few moments. Like people wonder, a lot of women wonder why men sit on the fucking toilet for, for an hour. Solidarity. 30, 30 minutes a day. Oh my God. Like, I'm sorry that the kids won't let you do that, but they let me. And that's the few precious precious little moments, just that little precious moment out of the day where. You know what the women screwed up? Is when you start saying that we don't fart or crap, when dad goes in there, he's about to blow it up, so stay away. (laughs) Right. Mama be a little more open about her. And then also, also like. The way that my wife reacts when they open the door when she's taking a shit is just not the way I react. She's like, what are you doing? Oh, get out of here. I'm pooping or whatever. And I'm just like, get out. I'm taking a shit. Oh, I'll blow up. Like I'm just like, get out of this bathroom now. And they just they get out. And then they do it once or twice and it's it. And they don't come back in. Like you're over there and you're like holding their hand and like fixing their iPad for them while you're dropping a deuce. And that's gross. First off, that's gross. Agreed. All right. And then secondly, there's no reason for it. Just freak out on the kid once. Freak out on that little kid one time and he'll leave you alone. PTSD about yeah, like walking throw into shit a bathroom. Out once yeah. Just throw the little scrubber by, beside the toilet. I don't know what that's for, but it freaking hurts. But just chunk it at that kid. Like when you're. What? Talking about the shit. Scrubber? How do you know it hurts? Like How do you not know using what the fuck to, it's for? Oh, what is it for? Uh, you, you use it to clean, right? I hope you use it to get, like, racetracks off the side of your toilet, dog. Off the side of the toilet. The inside, yeah. That's what that's for. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was for cleaning me. I was like, that bitch hurts. Note to self, don't shit at Jake's house. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I respect you, and I will raise it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that I think that kids uh, stupid. They just come in, and and women are too easy on them, man. I thought we were gonna say all the mean things we hate about kids. <laughs> I mean, you can. No, I'm good. You can't. I love my kids. I do love my kids. I love my stupid kids. Let me ask you if this happened to you, and you don't have any kids, right? I do not. Not yet. You're working on it, but you know. How many you gonna get? Five. All of them. Oh man. Get no, no, too. you won't. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you're if you're living in a house with them, you won't hit two or three probably. Because kids don't help anymore. No. Nah. Go to three. Vote voting power. Have more kids than you have the people in the home. That's I think that's perfect. Yeah. But the thing is, really, after two, you like you should really stop at two. I think two's where that's why I, I think that's why a lot of people stop there. Because at three, you're outnumbered. The only reason you don't stop at two is if you can't get one of each. I think. Yeah. A lot of people tend to I be like, I got two girls, I need to go after a boy. Now you got three girls and you're fucked. Dude. Good luck. Nightmare. Nightmare scenario. Buddy of mine down in Mobile, they wanted a girl so bad, they had seven boys, and then the eighth one was finally a girl. Nope. And they Hell stopped. no. Yeah, I had, I, had some friends, I had some friends in my homeschool group that did that. I may actually commit suicide, a.k.a. fake my death if that happened. You know what's really funny, though, is uh, – it's just that that the, the, those friends of mine and great people. They were actually my best friends. I hate them. And at that time, why? I just hate people with that many kids. Well, they were homeschool and they were so backwoods. They didn't have southern accents. Like there was no southern accent at all because he was from the Midwest and she was from New Orleans, and the kids didn't see anybody. They they just they went. Well, she didn't have New Orleans really an accent. She didn't have like a Cajun accent, but their their oh, accent, oh, they did not cool. have Southern accents. And you you may even know them, I'll, and I'll say who they are after the episode. But I know about you, catch a dolphin. But they, they didn't sound like that at all. But they just didn't have an accent at all, and they had the most well behaved boys, right? And I remember like like mom used to give advice on how to parent me because I was such a hell raiser, and uh, her boys were really well behaved, and I think my mom took it. A lot of time, you know, like like some of the time, I don't know, but it just goes to show that like you shouldn't get too cocky because like if you ain't if you don't have a me, don't give advice to parents that do have a me mm-hmm. because like your little well behaved kids might just be little bitches, you know what I mean? Like there's just some folks that's got that dog in them. They end up with some kids with some dog, in and them. then they had oh. their, their youngest boy that they had was a little hellraiser, and they were like, oh. This is this is different. This yeah. is different than what we've done. So like, the difference between Zoe and Elliot for me, right? Absolutely. Just some kids have just got that dog. Which one's got the dog in them? Elliot. Okay. He be beating the shit out of me. Really? Yes. He treats me like a heavy bag. Mm. I yeah, be, I don't I do that. I'm always looking at him like he walk up, man. Like just like I'm laying somewhere, he just walk up, and pop me in the top of the head. I'm like, all right. Well, first of all. What do you do? That's the hardest part of my head. You're going to break your little stupid ass See, hand. that's why. Next time you punch me, you might want to hit me in the nose, and then I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. See, <laughs> I, just, like, I just beat his ass right then. I always hit him back when he hits me. I, always. I think, I always. think, I think, though, like, once or twice I'll hit him back once. I'm just being real. I know he's a baby. He's a baby. He's probably like he's four. Five. He's five now. Okay. I was thinking he was a little bit younger than Luke because Luke's five. I was thinking he was a year younger, but they're the same <laughs> age, really. Like Four or six months. Younger. If uh, one of my kids walked up and just stole off me, and he don't pay no bills in my house, he get hit back once. The second time he does it, I'm gonna snatch his little ass up. I'm about to wear that ass out. 
I'm talking about he gonna he gonna be limping. Well, the deal is, see, I whip his ass for everything. I got you. So when he does that, I just hit him back. Yeah, that I way he that. knows it's different to be ready to be hit back when he hits somebody. Yeah, that's true. But but it seems but, like he don't mind too much. Oh, sometimes he do. Sometimes okay. he cries. Oh, yeah. When I punch him in his fucking little five year old face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh yeah. We all want to, but you can't say it on like you I know want. a microphone. I do what I want. I just. Put a pillow over it so it don't bruise them, you know. I just put hit them with a phone book. Yeah, something. Doesn't like hitting your shit on the phone book. You know, somebody might turn you over. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know you are. I do slap. I'll be like on top of his head. If he punch wherever he punches me, I'm pretty much slapping the shit out of him. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, I think all this uh, hippie bullshit, don't beat your kid bullshit, uh, is the reason why people are fucking crazy right now. I think there's a little bit of. There's a little bit of uh need fear. You need yeah, you need to you need to be beating him spare the rod, spoil the child, you know. I remember I And remember. I'll go to jail for that well, later. But you know, just just where we are right now of all these brands and everything that you see on the T V, I, I believe that we are literally seeing history being written yeah. in front of our eyes about, you know, thirty to forty years from now when they're studying the twenty twenties in a history book. Like when I think about the sixties and seventies, if you look at the charts of Pop culture, where it be music or movies, what was popular among the culture, it wasn't a hippie putting a flower in every gun barrel. It was Dirty Harry. It was Led Zeppelin. It wasn't that hippie shit. So, but the question for you then is, doesn't that really mean, if you look at what culture's doing around us, doesn't that kind of make us the hippies of today? That makes us punk rock. That's just a few years later. That's just a different time period. It's counterculture. What is the what is the counterculture? And of that day, we, we hippies are. were kind of the counterculture. Yeah, and now we're kind of now it's swapped. Yeah, it's I'm gonna say it now it's it's flipped, and and that's kind of what it's gonna do. You saying those kid beaters are the hippies of today? Basically, about oh, wow. that. Basically, hmm. I mean we're the counterculture. Culture's moving in a direction, and we're moving counter to that direction. We're young enough that we're not just old farts. We're counterculture to the to I'm the mainstream. Kind of raising my kid like I was raised, you know. You king you is gone, think, but he's not forgotten. You would think you would tend to do that. That's why, me too. I, I'm a I'm a lot. I feel like I'm raising my kids maybe to be little bitches because I'm I'm not quite as hard on my kids. Not quite as hard in some areas, but in some areas I'm harder. Yeah, yeah. I think when I, when I was growing up, and my uncle was our neighbor, and if it wasn't my father or mother or grandparents disciplined me. My uncle had no qualms with doing it. Really? It's, cool. I, it's, it's, it's common yeah. in a lot of families. Not mine. And, uh, dude, right. I'm telling you, like, whip my ass with a belt if you didn't have a belt. Water hose. Like, dude. Water hose. Yeah. I've had my ass with water hose. Yeah. Like, whatever. Or go pick out your switch. Yep. I've done that. I tell, you, I tell you, honestly, if you grew up as a kid and you got your ass beat and you're traumatized by it, maybe getting your ass beaten isn't traumatizing. Maybe you're just a little bitch. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're going home, like, I believe that there are probably are kids that could have been raised in my household and think they have trauma from it. Yeah. I don't. No. I'm fine. Like, legit, I'm fine. Like I, like, I honestly had a great upbringing. I have very fond memories of my parents. My parents were very good to us. My parents were, gave me everything that I needed, not everything that I wanted, and I think that was a good thing. I think that my parents did a good job of instilling, you know, I think some of what my parents were trying to do backfired on them a little bit because my parents were really big into two things. They really were all about learning for me to think for myself, and then they were all about um, 
instilling work ethic. And those are the two things that my parents really pushed and, all and Jesus. And right now, that's all I do. I think yeah. for myself and I work hard as shit. But the thing is, though, is I don't what it what them making me go to work young really did was make me realize that I don't want to do this shit forever. That's really what it did. Right. Like I got up and worked hard every day and I was just grew up saying like when I'm grown, I ain't doing this shit no more. I'm going to be the boss. I'm going I'm to be a millionaire. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I ain't doing this shit no more. Like, th there are people that this is cut out for. It ain't cut out for me. I just, I'm not meant to be an employee. I'm not meant to go, to have to work every day for the same shit. I'll work as hard as I have to to not do that shit, but I'm not fucking doing this shit anymore. All right. And I think it kind of backfired because I think they were, in a way, it kind of made me like, I ain't working. And I just really resented things I was forced to do too. And that's how school was for me. I just resented school. You're going to make me? Oh, you're going to make me. I don't have a choice. Mm. Okay, well, I'm not going to fucking try then. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I, can't, I can't choose not to. You're saying I don't have a choice. You pay the bills. Okay, yeah, you're in charge. You pay the bills. I eat because I'm a kid. But what you tell me I got to do, I ain't going to try real hard at. You know? And that was kind of my whole mentality growing up. Because I was thinking for myself. You know, I was... Thinking for myself. But honestly, I I think that a lot of kids are that way. And I think there's some kids that think that way and yet they grow up to be shitheads. But there's a lot of kids that think that way. And just because you don't fit school doesn't mean you don't fit life. True. Because there's a lot of different ways to do life. Life's life's got some got some pliableness to it. And a lot of times people that don't take no bullshit and are just willing to go out there and get it on their own terms, like, they got the dog in them. And a lot of times those people... Ain't gonna be that good at school, you know. A lot of the people who are successful in the real world, real world, were high school dropouts. Yeah, absolutely. And you look at like, um, especially like, so you've got different, you got different types of brains. I think you know, like, this sounds weird for me to say, but I'm a creative brain. I'm not a logistical brain. I don't know what kind of brain I am. So like, bird brain maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Dolphin brain. I got that dolphin brain. I'm, but I'm like a, I'm like a creative person. Like I'm a, I'm, the, I'm more of like a. I want to figure out the problem of, of. I want to be creative and find new solutions to pro, to new problems to become successful or whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Um, but I'm not really about like bean counting, number crunching, doing the doing management type tasks like. Uh, numbers. I don't do any of that shit. Like I'm, I'm not good at it. So you're not smart, right? I'm not smart. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, the, and the ways that I am smart do not translate to what our definition of smart well, is. Intellectually, right? I'm not. I'm not mm. smart in the way that like I wouldn't do well in school. Like right. I would love to sit here and t say that I have developed enough discipline that if I went back to school, I'd do okay. No, no I wouldn't. If you force me to sit in a classroom from eight to three, five days a week. 32 years of age, I would still be a CD student. Yes, what there you, you go. What would you study? Underwater basket weaving? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Like, if, let's hypothetically. Go, going back to college? Yeah. What, what? I do better in college, actually. To me, the college environment was better for me. I did good in college. I had a 3.77 in college. I did good in college, too, and, I, like, I, I didn't even try. Because it was less lecturing. It was more just like, like in, in that scenario, home, homework made more sense. I'm only in class two days a week. Or three days a week or whatever. Yeah. And for me, it was two. And so it makes sense. So, okay, well, I need to take some time out of each day and I'll just get my work done on my own terms. And the other thing about college, 
was I chose to be there. Yeah. That completely changed my attitude about being in college. I was there on purpose. I made the decision to be there, so I gave a shit and I tried. Mm-hmm. Whereas with but I still didn't care. I went to school, I went to class and the majority of the classes I took, the person, professor, teacher, whatever was community college, so was talking and I'm just like, I do not give a shit about what's coming out of your mouth. One thing that always grinded my gear about college was like attendance and I understand why. You have to be there? Yeah, because they, didn't, college, they didn't get their government funding. They had to have an attendance rate, oh. so they, they needed bodies and seats. You know, that would hurt me. But a lot of times, man, like, I could just show up on exam day, especially, like, in math. I was fairly good at that. Oh, I wasn't. So show up, I show up for the midterm, show up for the final. Test de- a test taker. Test taker. That's kind of yeah. how Take I a was. test. Mm. But, like, that day-to-day grind, dude, I already no. know how to do this shit. I ain't worried about that. Yeah, then you're bored. Yeah. That was kind of me, too. I would do CDs and F's all year. And then I would get to the final exam. Bang that bitch out. 106. Yeah. I, I know what I got to do. I know exactly the amount of effort. And you know what? I don't even regret it. That's the bad no. thing. I look back and it's like, dude, I didn't do homework. I had my sanity. Because I, I remember. so much fun in high school by not. By not doing that shit. Participating in high school. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't regret it at all. Because I put in the bare minimum effort to get a diploma. To say I have a high school diploma and I'm not a dropout. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't even think there's anything wrong with being a dropout. But I put in the bare minimum effort to do that. I got to create the best memories. I got to play football all four years. I won two state championships. Everybody's like, oh, well, he's a jock, whatever. I, 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 I did theater. I did. Um, wow. I was in plays and stuff. I did, uh, too. And I love that shit. Love that shit. I, I love football. I did, I did it in college. Yeah, I was a drama geek. I was uh, uh, um, public speaking and drama were my shit. I was, Do that I was, Abraham Lincoln kids in the hall thing? Uh, uh, oh no no no! You talking about whitest kids you know? Whitest, okay. Yeah, the did, Abraham yeah. Lincoln whitest kids you know skit. That one did was no, nah, that was I didn't learn about that until later. Um, no, I did. Uh, I did Ronald Reagan's inaugural address and fucking bombed it. Really? Oh, it was terrible, terrible. So I overcommitted myself this one year to two more things than I was going to put in the work necessary. To be honest with you, I was just so naturally good at theater. I didn't have to spend that much remembering lines. Like, I remember I could read through a play, and if I just kind of did the bare minimum amount of, like, practice going through it, um, I would just learn it. I didn't really have to study my lines. I would always get the parts where you had to do an accent. Like, the last play I was in, like, I had a, had to do a Chicago accent, which made it, and I still know those that's lines. A tough, that's, a tough, that's a tough accent. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I was a tree once. <laughs> you styled it, motherfucker. Yeah. Good. Big tree I did a I did a dinner theater my sophomore year and I was I was a lead, but it, it made those lines like easy to remember because I would only <laughs> say those lines in that accent. So when I stepped into that character, I knew what to say. Yeah, to, to me, I learn things that are conversational way better. It's the reason why I learn better from like listening to a podcast than I do listening to a lecture because a, a conversational format of speaking is easier for me to remember. Um, I mean, they've proven that lectures are the worst way to teach. It's more fun. It's engaging. Like right, a, a exactly. Le- and a lecture is like you're talking down to me. So this one year I, one I had uh, – yeah, absolutely. Here I suck so bad. Thank you. You're talking about your theater drama, blah, 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 bullshit, right? Yeah. And I'm not here to hate on you, not at all. I'm just sitting here thinking about the fact that we had plays at school, and I – don't know how they practice or signed up for them. <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. That you were the kid they were keeping away from them. 
Yeah. <laughs> they didn't want, they knew, because you would have been good at it, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. yeah, you would have been good at it. You like, had the, per, you had the like, personality. I don't know. And you like, like being the center of attention? There's, there that's was how no I got involved. I was invited out. Or nothing. In co- I was in, in college. I got invited into that. Oh, okay. Uh, we, it, it ain't offered it at South Lamar. Oh, wow. But, uh, in college, oh, yeah, I, like I got that. invited out for that. That's how it started. Nice. Were you any good? That makes me mad. I was. I feel like I was really good. I feel like. I feel like. I, I was. Ne- I was definitely not like going to Broadway or anything. I still do it today. Like, but I was uh, one of the best people at the Columbus Art Council. If they're doing a play or if they're doing a Tennessee Williams, like, oh yeah. Uh, the the last one I was a part of got canceled because of COVID, but. I was so down to do that. I, I like doing. It. I, yeah. I enjoy it. I don't do really like. I don't really like the yes. scene. I want to do that. I don't like the scene. I don't like the people who are into it. But I really like it, and that's where that's my problem. My problem is I don't want to be involved with like the Columbus Arts Council. You know, like I would honestly enjoy doing it, but I don't want to be around those people for the most part. Okay, I don't or like think. some Geek Squad motherfuckers. Nah, it's it's usually like kind of kind of snooty, snooty people, uh, artsy people. Artsy people tend to be really snooty. Oh, they yeah. tend they tend to be a little a little kind of. I don't know why I'm doing this with my body, but kind of like, kind of an arrogant snootiness. Uh, I'm better than you. Very rich. It's the reason why Tennessee Williams is so big around here. And uh, Henry Armstrong Jr. isn't until recently. People are, you know, the, at the boxing event and people are kind of taking more notice. But um, there's just kind of that air of Columbus, that kind of Southern aristocracy, snooty, rich people, mm-hmm. artsy uh, Seen and I'm, I don't know that people the arts council that way. I just imagine they are, and so I've never given it a shot. It'd be tough for, for me the, to do. I now. think the old guard was. We, we kind of stepped into a new guard now, to where it's people our age who okay. who kind of aren't that way. Okay, okay, yeah, I may like it. It'd be harder for me to do it now. My my, um, we got a lot of things cooking too, dude. Yeah, and and my men- mentally getting up there and performing something like that would be harder for me than it was back then. Back so then, I just fun though. It was a lot of fun, honestly. I remember. Uh, the Ronald Reagan year, though, I had taken on a little bit more. I'd taken that one, and I had a duet acting part. And I got pretty close to the wire, and I had not studied either. Was you doing Grease? And I didn't know. it was. I don't remember what it was. It was, a, it was just a duet, so it wouldn't have been something like Grease. You know, it was, it's just two people. The whole play is the whole two play, play is just two people. Yeah. Oh, um, but it's like a short a, play. It was, it was in comp. This was in competition. Like Pilgrim. So this wasn't like in front. No. It, it, it's nothing about pilgrims. Okay. Uh, this was this was a so this was not in front of like a big live audience. This was in a competition. So we did some that were and I did them in church and stuff too. But you did some that were like in front of audiences. But then a lot of what I did was competition. I did it in front of judges. Like it'd be like a classroom full of like. 15, 20 people, and then you'd have three judges that were judging you as you did it. And um, last church play I did, dude, I played like four different roles. Were you baby Jesus? What just happened? I almost knocked over my drink. Are you spilled it? I'm getting really bad about that, actually. Was, hey, Mo, can we get a, a can we get like a, a wet rag or a towel, Mo? Thank you, buddy. Just a regular one. Was a uh, was not. I was a uh, I was a prophet, a wise man, and you know, just going through. Yeah. Were you uh, Peter, Paul? Those guys weren't in the play. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Christmas play, dog. <laughs> yeah. You later in the book. I've never read it. Oh, you should, man. Yeah. Should just culturally, you should. No, I should. We're gonna need some. But then that would mean I would stuff. have to be a cultured swine, and that completely defeats the purpose of why <laughs> I do what I do. So anyway, I get down to the wire, and like I, I was saying, I can usually remember my lines without really much effort. You want you want to clean that down there, over there, Tyler? Without much effort. Oh, well, wow. I get I get down to like a week or two before the play, and I realize I don't know the lines to either one of the things I'm doing. And it kind of comes down to it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be to get everything uh, done. 
Anyway, kind of came down to I had to learn the lines to one or the other. I just, I was not going to be able to. I, I just wasn't going to be able to do both. And I had a duet acting, and I had a solo public speaking where I was doing Ronald Reagan's inaugural address, which is already that's a big one. That's a, like that's that's a long win. That's a speech, you know. I had to memorize an entire speech word for word. And then I had this pretty long duet acting thing in front of the judges. And I'm like, you know what? The girl I was doing it with, her name was Cameron. And I was like, she's counting on me. Like, I'm not going to let her down by not knowing my lines to the play. I'd rather just me fail on my own than let her down. So I just learned the I learned the, the play, the skit, whatever. And I, I didn't learn. And I remember I got up in front of the judges. And the only thing I remembered was like the first two sentences of the I first have paragraph. A dream. Nope, no, wrong thing. Okay. The, I don't remember what it, how it started, but it was the first two sentences of the first paragraph and the last two sentences of the last paragraph. But it was like a six-paragraph speech that I was doing. And I remember I got up and I it did. All went out the window. I did my four sentences, and I was and I just stopped. And the judges looked at me and go is that it? And I was just like, uh-huh. And they just kind of all looked at each other and looked at me and they were like, okay, get out of here. You should have. Like, basically they were just like, you just completely bombed, huh? You should have done something so out of the way. Like, yeah. I mean, you, this you should have learned the McDonald's gimmick or something like whatever they, and, and you go up there and say it and they're like, what? <laughs> And you'd be like, isn't this Ronald, and, Ronald and, McDonald's inauguration speech? In hindsight, <laughs> in hindsight, I probably should have. That would have been fucking hilarious. Le- legit, I probably should have. Well, you know, there was another time. Have I ever told y'all about the, the dinner theater that I did? No. So this was probably the biggest production that I was ever part of, really. It was my sophomore year. We did a dinner theater to raise money. And uh, we there was probably 100 people there, 200 people there, Ooh. which is pretty decent for a little for a dinner theater where people are bought tickets. Like it wasn't just like a church thing you could come to for free. People bought tickets and we served there was half the class did like serving and then the rest of us were in the play. And I was the lead part and it was a three act play. Um I had the most lines out of everybody and the last I was good. See, I was good at memorizing lines because your lines were my trigger. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So when you say something, I know that is my trigger for the next thing that I'm supposed to say. So I was quick, right? Because yeah. it was conversational. The problem that I got into, and it was the same with the public speaking, was when I'm, and I can speak as long as I'm not having to recite something that someone else has said. But if it's my speech, I'm okay. But when I would act, I would get to these long, I had the last act, it was the third act, the play had killed, okay? Um, the food had not, but the play had. We had fro- like served frozen spaghetti, and we had, we had messed up some on that front. But I had nothing to do with that. So I was doing good. People are laughing. It's, it's, it's a great night. Uh, I get to the third act, and finally I was the inspector. It was like a murder mystery. I was the, 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 the detective, and I was going to do my big – Finale. Finale, which was a page-long monologue of me going through every single person and basically doing why they could have done it, but then why they didn't do it. And so every and there was like 12 or 13 cast members, and I had to go through every single one of them and go through. I get about um, halfway through Hmm. blank. Here was the thing, though. I was the, I was the detective. I was the inspector. Improv. And I had I had the script with me, but I was so arrogant that I was not following along. 
because I was like, I got this. I was so arrogant. Like I'd had it for the last two acts. I had not needed it. Um, yeah, me flipping through was looking kind of suspicious to the, why is he flipping through this thing as other people are talking or whatever. Like, so me flipping through kind of looked weird. So I just didn't do it. I was so arrogant. I just, I kept, I clipped it to my, my board, but I, I didn't need it. I get halfway through my mind goes blank. Everyone is dead silent. The room is dead silent. I'm sitting on stage for a solid, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. Mine can be blank. Now, 10, 15 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but oh, 10, it's 15 a, it's seconds it's on stage with you not knowing your lines, oh, my God. So I get my script out. I flip through the script, and I cannot find, find the page because it was a two. It was like two or three pages. It starts the, on this page and ends on the third. Anyway, so I couldn't find the page. Well, the crowd is starting to realize that that is now the script. And it's figured out at this point. That's the script. This guy's forgot his lines. He's looking through the script because he forgot his lines. This dude's a fucking idiot. We're now at 25 <laughs> seconds in to this play. I look at the script. I was like, go hard or go home, boys. Hold it in, baby. I throw the script over my shoulder, kind of letting yeah. everybody know. Everybody dies laughing. I improv the end of the play, and it, and it does well. But holy shit. That was the longest 30 seconds of me figuring that out. And I just Way to I, save yourself, though, man. Yeah. I, I was just, it was the longest. I don't know that it was even 30 seconds long. Felt like I think it. it was only like 10 seconds. The whole thing, I think, was only 10 seconds long. But it felt, felt like. like 30, and it felt like the long, it felt like 30 seconds of dead silence on the podcast like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't wow. do that. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, can't, you can't even wait that long. So, yeah, it was, it was rough. But I, I, pull, I, I pulled that one off. That was one that. Uh, so did you know who who the killer was? Yeah, so see, I remembered who the killer was. That's what the reason I was able to save it because I remembered some of it. I remembered kind of what some of the things were. I didn't remember what order, and I didn't remember. Uh, Can't be you, Judy, because you got that booty. Yeah, <laughs> hey. but I did, and that was what I did. I went around and I just kind of did an improv for for all the people that I could come up with something on or remember something on, and then I just boom hit the hit the main killer. I remembered why why the main killer did do it. Threw him in a triangle choke. And I got to the end of it. But I was a, like, people, people, you look at me and the way, my kind of persona that I put out, you think like jock, but uh, hardcore theater kid too. I was, I played football. I didn't play any other sports. I played football and I was all about football. That was my main thing. And like theater was kind of like my. Number two. Like, you know, on Glee, the jock that kind of like, I guess that was kind of me. Like I was kind of the jock. I can't believe that I just said on Glee. <laughs> I've actually, I, I've watched some Glee. He has a daughter. <laughs> because my daughter was in the Glee. Yeah, exactly. That is actually for a while. My daughter watches Glee. And I think, like, you talk about, like, other people's lines, like, being, like, okay, that is my tick to do right. my line. And also on, like, a group project, like, when your partner don't come through, like, you and Cameron, like you were saying, I cannot stand it. Mm-hmm. Like when someone on your team doesn't do their part, whether yeah. it's even in football, like oh, on oh football, ho- oh my god, yeah, yeah, I homeboy on the line, you're supposed to go right, and you, you went See, left. I was you know? more, you blew the play. Yeah, on my football team, I was more like a assistant coach than I was another player. I chew your ass just like, but I was also the hype guy. Like I was like this, I was the vocal one. I was the one that talked. You know, I watched a football game the other day, and what the hype man was the most monotone son of a bitch I had ever seen. And they now went, no and they get blown. Out in the second of course they half. did. I was just like, I should have had. Was me. he was he white or black? He was black. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Big no. guy. See, I learned how to be the hype guy. He goes, "Come on, guys, I need you." And then he turned around and walked. Oh out. man, that's rough. He needed a hype like, guy behind him. Somebody yeah. going, 
Yeah. I had a uh, – He needed Cardi a, B to make bird noises. I had a defensive coordinator at Vernon when I was a kid uh, named Coach B.B. at my peewee team. That's two B's or B-E-E-B-E? I think B-E-E-B-E-E. Um, not 100% sure. Hey, baby. But he was Coach B.B. And he was a little short, jacked black dude who could I know who you're get, talking about. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, he's a twin brother. And, uh, hype man. He was a hype man. And so – I learned how to be a hype man. He was fun to watch on the sideline. Oh, I loved Coach BB. Coach BB was my dog. Oh my god, we all love Coach BB. I remember my 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 senior year of Pee Wee. So I was like the ten, twelve. What does that even that's mean? Your, that's your eleven and twelve year olds. Okay. Okay. Before you go to JV, he had left. He had moved off, and we were shitting the bed. We had never lost a game before that year. From Mighty Mites all the way up, we had never lost Didn't a game. Didn't have anybody to fire you up. We, we had never lost a game. We had we had two of some a couple badass little running backs. We had some big old boys on the line, and oh. we just rock, we won state every year, and Somebody we won undefeated every year. On speakerphone? No, no, he moved away. We lose to Carbon Hill and uh, Winfield. Our first two games, first two games, we lose. We're zero and two. We never lost a game. We're zero and two. Coach BB comes back. Coach BB comes back for he drives home for every game and starts become becomes How back. How far away was that? I don't remember, but he didn't live there anymore. It was far away enough that he had quit, and he was just like, "Man, I can't see my boys go out <laughs> like this." And he drove back, and I remember, dude. To this day, when I end kids' class, I ask everybody, "Are y'all tired?" And they all go, "No, sir. We want some more. We want some more." I got that from Coach BB. We did that after every practice. Really? It was like a it was like a hype. It was like a hype train. Every single game, he was he was doing all. He had all these chants, all these beats. Like he knew every word, every chant, every beat. And you're just like you're sitting there, a 12 year old bulldog foaming at the mouth. Like, and I sucked. Right? I got picked on. A lot of the kids didn't like me because I home homeschooled but man coach bb had me sitting there foaming at the mouth ready to walk out that tunnel and just yeah you got you got him water boy he'd be hitting me on the head you got him water boy that's what they call me water boy you got him water boy just foaming at the mouth and so when i got into high school I had, out there I had studied under this this master hype man for years you know what I mean? Like, I had just been under it for, for two or three years before are, he left. Are you telling me right now that Coach BB is the reason for all of your success possibly? Probably. Honestly. Not field. all of it, you in know. But field. a lot of Shout out, BB, if you're out there. Right oh, now. yeah, Coach BB. I don't even know his real name. Uh, it might be BB. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him after that. I ain't kept up with him. We, I ain't friends with him on Facebook. But I remember Coach BB from he Vernon, could be Braxton though. Brown or something. Homie was. Wow. Homie was, If we turn this into a short, maybe some folks from back in my hometown can, can tag him. But Coach BB got down, dog. And I remember I got to I got to high school. I went to private Christian high school, but I remembered, and and you know you think private Christian high school, you thinking a bunch of crunchy white boys, but we kind of the bottom of the barrel of the high, like crunchy or country? crunchy, like kind of like you know, quaff hair, like mm. wearing your Sperry's, kind of okay, kind of crunchy dudes, like they from Denver or something. I guess. But um, we were kind of the bottom of the barrel. There was a lot of kids that like couldn't go anywhere else or. Got kicked out of other schools. So I was basically like the little giant. Kind of, sort of. Okay. And so I, I, I all this, the stuff I did, all my, ch I knew all these chants. I knew all these, like, I knew how to, like, kind of, like, do the chant on beat. You know what I mean? So, like, it just got, it just, I knew how to kind of get the guys going. And that was really, I wasn't known for as being a good football player. I was known for that. That's what I was known for. Like, I wasn't really known. That's the reason me and you met. They had me coming back to do the pregame speech for the championship game the next year after I graduated. The reason was because I was that vocal leader on the that floor. That ain't how we met. That's how we became friends. That's how we became friends. 
What was you doing there? I just needed somebody. wanted somebody to ride with me. Huh. It was an it was it was an hour and a half away, and I just I didn't want to go by myself. And he called me. We had exchanged numbers for some reason. Yeah, and now we're here. Here we now are. Here. Yeah, that's why we became buddies. Um, Make a million. Thanks, Coach BB. Yeah, yeah. Coach so, BB made us. Basically, friends. Coach BB made us friends. Oh my God! Thank you, Coach BB. <laughs> Coach BB. It's we like, need to have him on a podcast. Like, yeah, for for real. If Coach BB want to come on the podcast, I don't, I bet you, Coach BB don't even remember me. He coached me for three years, but don't even matter. Can't forget though. Water Boy. Come on. Wait, do you know why they call me Water Boy? So my my persona alligators. <laughs> <laughs> so ornery because they had all them teeth and no toothbrush. In yeah, ha- in happiness comes from magical rays of sunshine. You come down with so your feeling <laughs> blue. Basically, basically, a lot, them boys. I was kind of the, I was kind of like the, the water boy of my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, my persona was totally different. I changed my persona when I moved Did up here. Did you go out there talking about Mama said or no? Basically, well, okay. I had a I had a speech impediment. I could not say R's still. I was still getting over that. I still can't. Uh, <laughs> with your mouth over there, uh, I couldn't say my R's. Still, I was homeschooled. I didn't go to school with them. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what a vagina was because they asked me, and I didn't yet. I was very sheltered. I was very. Uh, I still don't either. Element was. I didn't know they. This what? Well, no, this dude came up to me, and he was like, "Hey, bro, you know what a pussy is?" And I was like, "I was it's just like, man, do I care?" It's in a purse. And he was kind of like, oh, and then they just all clown me. And then they, they all said stuff that didn't make sense either. Because they were all like, it's that thing that does this. <laughs> and I don't to this day, I'm a 32-year-old man married with three kids. That's what one of the kids said to me. I have no idea what he means. Oh, what yeah, that I thing do? do? Like, <laughs> I, I do. Boy. I don't. You got to get one of them good ones. Do <laughs> I don't. They got to do Kegels. This is, no, that, to me, that means uh, they don't do that. Did, did his mother work at the pool control? I don't know. I don't know. But they but, say like you know the thing that's on the side of your mom's leg. It's like yeah. They, they said some things. I, I still Where the clitoris. But I remember uh, I was basically they were like, "You're like the water boy, but you still suck at football." Was basically where the nickname oh, came man. from. Oh. So it was like you're the water boy if you sucked at football, basically. Damn. So it was like I'm just an idiot. I'm just a, <laughs> just a dumb idiot that don't know shit and that it's homeschooled, sucks, man. And sorry, so, your life was bad. Nah, honestly, you know what. My wife cuts the hair of one of the guys I played football with back in the day, and he's like, man, I can't believe your husband changed so much over the years. You know, like he just – and she was like, I'm going to be honest with you, and she's heard me say this. I think that me going through that kind of put a chip on my shoulder for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I, was, getting, I got bullied up to that point, too. I, You know, I got bullied, bullied at school. I was kind of a weird kid. I was really hardcore, like, Christian. I was, like, Pentecostal Christian. I was, like – Weird, you know, I was a weird kid, and I think that putting that little chip on my shoulder kind of was like, I ain't nobody gonna mess with me no more. Ain't mm-hmm. nobody gonna, I'm finna be a badass. I'm finna reinvent myself into this new person, and that's kind of what I did. That was one thing I loved most about moving because I've went to South Lamar my whole time, and so like my identity was pretty much defined. You really can't, yeah, to them, the everybody knows you, yeah. And then you're what, a toothless island, that's it. And then went to oh, Shelton. Yeah, of course. Quit interrupting. Let me tell the story. Sorry, I and know. went to Shelton State in Tuscaloosa. Brand new persona. I was whoever I said I was when I moved to Mobile. That's just cool, huh? Brand new person. I was you whoever. Whoever you want to be. Yeah. If you go somewhere new, you can the beauty, always be whoever you want to be. The beauty of moving. Like, yeah. Like, because when That's I changed schools, I changed Move. schools, and I just decided I was going to become this, like, super suave, pimp little dude. That's what I did. So then I just started macking on everybody's bitches. Nice. Like real shit, that's what, and it just carried on forever. <laughs> that's isn't that weird? I moved to Columbus and I was like, all right, 
I based a lot of my character on my cousin Dusty, actually. Um, that's who my character was based on. I, I took the stories he had told me, and I retold some of them as my own early on because I didn't have my own stories yet. Um, I started wearing my pants. I started getting Walmart pants, sagging them and wearing wife beaters, and I started cutting my head and my hat to the side. This was all how Dusty dressed. This was all how he acted. Um, I started – you know, just kind of being a bad boy, listening to metal. Then I got into rap later, but he was into metal. He didn't listen to rap. Uh, but so at first I was all about metal and all that stuff, and I was just kind of playing that part. And then I got exposed to rap. I'm like, I actually like this better. I yeah, think. before the trench coat or after? I was uh, around the same time actually. I was kind of those were kind of those were kind of like mid. I was I was I was fine. The trench coat was me trying to find my character. Okay. So the, I was trying the trench coat because I was like... Is that from Neo from Matrix? It was just like everything. Underworld, Neo, Blade, all the movies back then. And that was my that was my link to reality. So How'd you get that thing? Uh, there was a place in the it called Trends in the mall that had them. Okay. Uh, I don't believe it's... Is it still there? Trends isn't, but I think the, the people that own it have another store there. I think the A-Rap right. store? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know that store. And so I, I, went in, I went a grill. Yeah. Like a grill uh -huh. in your mouth? Okay. Yeah, so I, I got my trench coat there. For that. I like having fake teeth in my mouth. I would wear a grill. I once. do too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. But no, uh, I just reinvented this character. And I remember what's funny is this whole like me being able to fight thing, it kind of feels like bullshit to me still to this day because at first I thought it was. So I had spread this rumor that I could fight. I had I'd told everybody I could fight. Truth be told, this is first, like the new guy movie. Yeah, the, truth be told, I'd fought my brother a whole bunch. I'd got I'd gotten fights at like first set and second grade. I'd gotten fights with my brother. I got my ass kicked on the football field twice. Like really? got my ass fuck yeah twice. Had one kid get on top of me and mount me and just beat my ass through my helmet. Coaches didn't even break it up. Uh, it was a different time, you know. He was the water boy. Yeah, I was the water boy. Nobody gave a shit. It was just funny, right? Everybody when they did break it up, they were just laughing. Uh, and then uh, watch Chris beat up that retard. Then another time, another time, there's a guy that actually listens to the show uh, named Justin who uh, he came over and started kicking me in the nuts, and I just froze. I didn't do shit. I just I just sat there and let him kick me kick me between. He wouldn't really hit me in the nuts, and I was just kind of looking at him like, "Bro, what are you doing?" Called but a cup check. He was just kicking me and kicking me, and I, I at first I didn't even realize he was really mad, but he was, and I just stood there and didn't do shit. And then everybody was like, "Y'all saw well, Waterboy got his ass kicked by Justin Gartman." And he wasn't necessarily like a cool badass either. So it was like I lost to another kid that already wasn't like known for being a badass yet or at all. I don't know. Uh, at that time, he wasn't. No offense, Justin. I wasn't either. It's cool. Uh, but anyway. Now and, we shine like diamonds. That's, so like, I, that's like that kid that I slapped in sped class in front of Autumn Seniors. I told you about that, right? Yeah. My, my stepbrother, he was. The fuck? Yeah, my stepbrother was a senior, so I was a freshman. Well, you this, slapped the sped kid. Yeah, this kid was. He was in it my grade. Out. He was in my grade. So, so he just happened to be walking down a walkway that was in front of my brother and all his friends. And I was like, I'm finna go get me some clout. And I walk up and haul <laughs> off. The sped kid. <laughs> Whatever, man. I was stupid anyway. I was a sped kid too, probably. <laughs> Should have been. I walked off and I haul up and slapped the shit out of this boy. Looks at me for a second, and then this motherfucker slapped the ever-living taste out of my mouth, and I looked at him for a second. I was like, all right, we even, boy. <laughs> we even. And I just walked off. I just walked away from my brother and everybody. I was like, man, fuck that. <laughs> we suck. even. That's trash. Real I felt bad afterwards, too, honestly. I felt awful. Real recognized real. Yeah, you should have felt bad I for did. that one. I felt awful. And he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't even like. He was just a little slow. 
I think he had a learning disability. Like what was his nickname? Not, his name was WH. Oh, he was special. No, he really was. <laughs> like, like, dude, his name was Waffle House. <laughs> Waffle Bro, House. um, his name was Wendell, I think. Okay. Oh, he sped. Anyway, I ain't like, never met I, a Wendell that went. I don't spin. know if he he just had like we had one we called Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> like a little a bitty fella. Off of, of course, sun, sun, little bitty. Sunny. No, little bitty fella. That's what it, I'm trying to think. What I know, cricket from. Oh, that's just cricket right there. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of how we took it. Yeah, yeah, man. My man slapped the shit out of me, and I was just like, <laughs> after that, I was like, I ain't fucking with you guys. Well, I moved to Columbus. <laughs> I moved to yeah. You gotta. You, some, at some point, you gotta like accept it. I just wasn't really, really, really ready to accept it. That's why. So like, I got sometimes in, you gotta cut your circle off too. Like you go to a new place and you bring your old circle with you. Yeah, you still a bitch to somebody. Right, you, you gotta know what cut I'm it off. You're like, no, nah, uh, uh-uh, we ain't friends no more. Don't, yep. don't talk to me. me to Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> Drew was cool, so it was like, all right, I'm right. with you, but I'm changing. Right. Yep. I'm going to be this super funny, like, calculated person who just does all this ignorant shit for no reason. It's just like. So that wasn't you before you moved here? Uh-uh. You came out the gate. See, when I know, before I came here, I was not very, like, personable. For real? No. Well, you really, I, I can see that. Real kind of. quiet, mysterious? Nah. Like I said, I just, I just like macking bitches. I didn't like fucking with dudes. I didn't like hanging out with, with the homies. I just like fucking. Truth be told, I like getting fucked up and fucking. That was it. What do you call that guy? I don't know. Just, I don't know what to call Man it. Man whore, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call like, it. Like, I, I I had, like, two homeboys and then some cousins that I kicked it with. And then I mac bitches, and that was it. And now, I don't know. Who ain't got no bitches? Me. I, I came and moved here, and I'll tell you all the truth. I wasn't sure if I could fight or not all up to the point that I started Fight Club. I, and still really wasn't sure, but, like, I had gotten a couple fights with some upperclassmen at school and one at in middle school. Could you and fight were, so good because you were just bigger than them and stronger than them? I think so. That ain't I think fair. I was just stronger than them. Like, That's you know how, how every fight goes. You? That's how every fight goes. But Everybody wins because somebody's bigger and stronger. It ain't fair. So somebody's more athletic. Like, that's just the way fair. it is. I don't feel bad. Um, but, uh, but, no, but at the same time, okay, I was in the eighth grade and, like, how I got in a fight with a kid. I was this tall. See this shit ain't fair, man. I've been, I've been this right. That's what I'm saying. It's I not that I could shit out of a five foot nine senior. That don't fucking add well, up. Well, that's exactly bro. what happened. I was I was six one. I wasn't quite this. High. I was six one, and he was like five ten. I'm not impressed. I'm not saying you should be. I'm not saying you should be. But I'd want. But then I remember we were having Fight Club one night. It was the second fight club we'd ever had. The first one was Nathan versus Joe, which was a banger. One of the best fights I've probably ever seen. Uh, literally. They just went out. We were talking about braces on the last episode. Uh, Joe had braces. No mouthpiece, bare knuckle. They stood in front of each other for about five minutes and just swapped blows. I thought that was the beginning of this episode. Just straight. That, oh, was that? No, the toothless episode was the beginning of this episode? Yeah. Okay. Well, that was this episode. So I, <laughs> Joe knocked like four up. or five uh, of his brackets out in that fight. Joe did? Joe knocked his own. Got a, Joe lost that fight. So your cousin knocked, his, knocked the concrete off his teeth. Yeah, like three or four of them. What did it do to his hand? Their hand, it wasn't too too bad. I don't I don't I don't remember actually. Bloody, cut but it up. Joe's face was real bloody. Cause Joe's it, gonna fight. He could fight, but Nathan could fight a little Nathan bit better. Nathan could fight. Yeah, Nathan could fight. Really? Beat Joe twice. Man, Nathan to me just seems like this super reserved, chill ass. He probably dude. I don't know that he can fight now, mm. but back then he was bigger. 
And he was just willing to throw hands. And when you're in high school, bro, like, a lot of it is just, are you willing to, th- I just want to check the time. Me too. A lot of it is, are you just willing to throw hands? Right. Like, whoever's the most willing to throw hands wins a lot of the time. True. You just start swinging first, and you just swing the most and swing fast and hard, and then somebody will break it up or they'll go down. Or, or you will. But most of the time, if I'll just start swinging, I'll probably win. That's how I won all my fights. You always swing first? I always swing first. I still swing first. Oh, yeah. Then you I always swing first. Man, you got to, like, I'd probably say the percentage of – Swinging first in a street fight is probably what ninety percent chance. It, of it takes your chances way up, mm-hmm. yeah. way so up. up Hit them first. Hit them when they're when, first when they don't expect it. Like I said, when my man yep. knocked me out the Birkenstocks, boy, that was I, the first and only time I didn't swing first. I'ma always swing first. I'm Every swinging. time I see somebody lose a fight, they didn't swing first. Yeah. Every time. I just I just saw that enough times. I was like, okay, swing first. Every time, always. And that was my rule. I swung first, and so and then I just I just went into the fight. That was the only thing I thought about. When I'd go into a fight, I would just think before I started doing Fight Club, then I started realizing I could hold people down and, like, choke them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, I really started doing that a lot because I was big and I was really strong. And uh, I But I would, just, I would just go in and I would say, all right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to walk in the bathroom. As soon as I walk in the bathroom, I'm going to start swinging, and I'm just not going to stop swinging. Why in the I'm bathroom? Keep, that's where we fought. Really? Not in Fight Club. I'm talking oh, about in school. In, in school. Oh, okay. But then I got to Fight Club, and I was going to fight this kid. His name was Cole Bigham. He trained here for a while. Mo met him. Remember Cole? Uh, yeah, it was Cole Bigham. And Cole was a big old boy. He was on steroids at that time, too, allegedly. He was jacked. He was about 210, 220. I was about 180, 190. He was the same height as me. And I done told all these people I could bang. I had no idea if I could bang or not. I'd been in, like, two high school fights, two school fights in middle school, three fights in middle school. When you got beat up at the football field. And, well, that was before that. Oh. That was elementary school. Okay. And then I'd been in a couple fights at school before that, but I didn't told all these people I could fight. I told them stories that weren't about my cousin that I kind of said were about me at the time, like trying to like build a persona. And uh, some people had seen through it, but I didn't hype myself up. And they were like, "Hey, man, this dude needs an opponent, and y'all are kind of close to the same size. Y'all should fight each other." And I didn't talk myself up to a point where I couldn't back down. I couldn't be like, "Oh no," you know. I'm like, "All right, cool." And he's like, "All right, cool." And uh, I had no idea. I thought I was going to get the shit kicked out of me. Who set you up for this fight if it was your sh- idea? Okay, so his opponent didn't show up. Uh-huh. Or maybe I, or maybe I even it, it said I wanted the fight. I don't know. I probably my big ass mouth might have got got my big ass mouth got me in a lot of trouble back then. I I don't put my mouth on Monday saying I wanted some shit on Friday that Friday may didn't want. I did that shit all Dang, the time. I do I do that now all the time. And I so, still do that shit. And so I don't do it as bad now, but I did that shit all the time back I, then. I got it in check a lot better than I used to. Yeah, for sure. I think that's part of getting older. I was hard back then. I'm whooping anybody, everybody. Yep. Oh, you want to fight? No, I didn't say that. Yeah, I did it all the time. <laughs> but when they say, oh, you want to fight? I'd just be like, all right, yeah. And I'd just fight. And I, like I was big and I was strong. And anyway, I was a little. Uh, I had done some kickboxing classes and some boxing classes too, so I trained a little bit, you know. But I just knew how to step into my jab. I knew yeah. how to step off. Huh? You did taekwondo too. I did taekwondo as a kid. Yeah, yeah. did taekwondo as a kid, and then I did some boxing and kickboxing. So the movements of fighting, you already. I had done some, yeah, and I'd sparred. I'd done, some, I'd done a lot of sparring, and I, I'm not saying, like, but I didn't. I had never really been in that many fights. Not at that age. I, when I was younger, I had, but not at that age. And uh, I stepped into my jab and caught him. First knocked exchange of the fight and dropped him. I didn't knock him out, but uh, dropped him and he got he turned away to me for me to get up and I jumped on his back and choked him out. And it was pretty quick. And most of my Fight Club fights, that's how they went. I just went out there and how many people you fight in Fight Club? It was your side. Y'all oh, do weight class? Know. Yeah, we we had you had to be within twenty pounds. Okay. So everybody I fought was within twenty pounds. Um, and I had about twelve fights. You're fighting these short little fat motherfucker. Oh yeah, I fought my teacher's husband. What? True story. Yes, yeah, so I'm talking. About, I fought my English teacher's husband. 
I was uh, I was 18. I just graduated. 19, maybe. I just graduated the year before. And my English team, I was out there one night, and I was 10-0 and 0 at that time. And I was fighting MMA at this point. I, you know, I started fighting MMA when I was in high school. I, my first MMA fight, I was a senior in high school. My first two MMA fights. And uh, I, But I was still running the fight club on the side on the weekends. Where that we did, I didn't have fights or whatever. Yeah, he wanted that smoke. And, yeah, well, we were out there one night, and he was an older guy. He had been in jail, been locked up. He had scars. He had been stabbed two or three times. He was probably about – he was probably about 180 pounds. I was probably about the same, 185 and this pounds. And teacher from the Christian school? Yeah, yeah it was my oh, teacher. Baby. She was kind of rough. I didn't know this until I got older. She she was kind of rough. Oh. But he'd been drinking. And uh, normally we had a, like, if you've been drinking, you couldn't fight rule. But uh, You made the exception. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he had only had one or two, and we just hadn't had any fights that night. And we had set up this big, like, a backyard arena at Joe's house with, like, lights coming down off ladders and shit. And people would come for a show. We had probably about... 70, 80 people there. People wow. There. And so we had to put on a show. And Jerry was cool with that. This was at Rufus's house. Oh, Jerry, we did a Jerry's was house cool too. With it? Yeah. Yeah. Rufus was there. Rufus came to him. Jerry let us do it. My parents let us do it at my parents' house. Really? Uh, because I kind of eased them into it. Good, clean fun. But it but it we kinda we kind of built was, this really. thing. We kind of built this thing up where I, we had a pretty big following and everybody kind of knew who we were. It was a pay to play, you, had you know. To- no, no. A lot of times, when I a lot of the events, I didn't make any money on. But then I started ch- charging admission some. I started selling T-shirts. Started selling merch. I made all my money from merch. That's how I made all my money. I was selling T-shirts. Selling. I, I bought a DVD burner, and I was going to do all these. I had all these DVD ideas I never really got to. Um, but I'd made a bunch of money on T-shirts, and and then we charged admission to some fights. What you have printed on T-shirt? Uh, it said Fight Club right here where the Relentless is, and then on the back it said We Make This Look Easy. And that was it, just Fight Club and like some cool writing. And actually, my high school it should have been the number one rule of Fight, fight Club. Well, right. I was trying to stay away. The, what I was trying to do was different than like Fight Club, the movie. We just had the same name. When it started, my cousin Nathan, he kind of wanted it to be like Fight Club, the movie. And uh, I was like, no, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. You can't not tell anybody. If you don't tell anybody, nobody shows up. We've been doing this for two years and nobody's shown up. You know, we did it for two years, and it would like we might have one fight every now and then, and it would just be us and our buddies. And me and all my friends have all fought each other multiple times. If we're close, like me and Cody, we were the only two close in weight, and we fought each other three times. Can't uh, Joe and Nathan were the only two heavyweights. We they fought each other three times. You and anybody in your weight class, you fought each other three times because it was just me and my friends for the first two or three you years. Be, you would it always be time? the same yeah. result? No, no. Uh, Nathan beat Joe the first two times, and Joe won the third. Canyon and John. Canyon beat John Myers, Hunter Myers' brother. He beat him every time. I beat Cody every time. Um, but there were some that were like little rivalries that went back and forth. I had super heavyweights. Uh, we tried to. We couldn't get them boys to show up. They are. They didn't have to fight to make people know that they were badasses. Nobody wanted to mess with them anyway. We had. We tried to get Big Kyle to fight Dooley out there one night. Uh, I remember Dylan this. Turner, and we never could get that fight to happen. I want to hear the end of the fight in your so teacher. Uh, yeah, I was. We were out there. He'd been drinking, and uh, I'll be honest. I was a little nervous because he had all them stab wound scars. He'd been been locked up. He had a plate in his head. Uh, I don't know what that was from, but he had minute. all these. Uh, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> So I went, up, I went around the corner. I got my shorts on. I kind of got myself hyped. But at this point, we're wearing four-ounce gloves, though, because uh, we found that people were more willing to fight with a little leather strap across their hand. Like, if you just bare knuckle, people don't want to throw this thing. So we started doing four-ounce gloves, and uh, we start standing. And I remember seeing his face when they announced me because he was just like, yeah, I'll fight anybody. And like, hey, fight Jake then. Actually, it was Big Johnny D, big old black guy that was kind of the hype man, one of the hype men of Fight Club. He was kind of like, oh, 
You 180? Jake's 185. Y'all should fight. And because he was just like, hell yeah, let's get Jake a fight. Hell yeah. And uh, he accepted it. But then when they announced me, they were like, with a record of 10 and 0. And he, you kind of saw him like, what? Hold up now. What did y'all I sign s- up for? Y'all <laughs> setting me up, you know, like, hold up, 10 and 0. And then by, by that point, it was too late. They were like, fight. And he was like, well, shit, all right. So we go out to the center. I throw a, le- a low kick. And it, you could tell he was like, oh, shit, like, I don't like that. I threw another low kick. He kind of comes into me. We trade. Uh, I think he actually tried to take me down, if I, as I recall. I think he tried to take me down and because I, I ended up in sprawl position. And uh, I sprawled on him. I had his head. I hit him a few times. He had my shorts. And we didn't have rules against grabbing shorts like they do in MMA. Um, he had my shorts. had me tied up for a second. And then I walked around, and he just rolled over to his back, and I got in full mount, and I just started dropping elbows on his head, punches and elbows on his head, until he quit moving, and they – Called the fight, and uh, I TKO'd him, and they pulled me off of him. He gets up, is super cool about the whole thing. He's like, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He's like, if you can take me in a fight, you can fight. He was super old school, you know, just like, hell yeah, you're cool as shit. I want to be cool with you. Like, Why we, you didn't have no choice after that? We were homeboys. We were homeboys after that, like all night. He was like, this is awesome, man. This is fucking tight. Like, And the next day. A happy ending. I was riding to my homeboy's house. I didn't know who he was, though. Mm. I had no idea who he was, and my phone rings, and it was Miss Roberts. And I answered. I'm like, hey. And she goes, hey, do you know who this is? I said, I do. And she was like, this is Miss Roberts. This is your English teacher. And I said, yeah, I know who this is. And she says, what in the hell are you doing beating the shit out of my husband? No way. And I was just like, wait, What? <laughs> And I'm, there's just this super tense moment that she kind of lets linger on the phone for a second. And then she goes, <laughs> she goes, I think this is the funniest shit that's ever happened. Because he wants to run around with all these young guys. And he's out drinking. And he told me he was going to some fight club. And he comes home and his eyes are swole shut. He's got goose eggs all over his head from those elbows. And I asked him who he fight, and I figured out it was you just from the conversation. And she's like, and she knew I was two and zero in MMA at this time. You know, like I, I was fighting MMA in high school. She knew that I could beat the shit out of her husband. You know, and she was, uh, she was super cool about it. And she was like, uh, once she found out that it was me, she was like, oh, you, yeah, I could have told you you were gonna lose that one, honey. You know, and because uh, I already, you know, I'd built that reputation at that point. I'd had all those little backyard fights and street fights, and but, and then like I said, two MMA fights, but. It was uh, that was the time that I fought my teacher's husband in the backyard. What a time to be alive! You know what I found is like really like you ain't got to be that badass to be a local badass. You really don't. You just got to have these qualities. You need a little bit of athleticism, and you just got to be willing to throw first and just keep throwing until they go down. And a lot of times you win. Like against most people, like most dudes that are fighting in prison that are known for fighting, that's what they're doing. And they're just a little bit more athletic than everybody. Oh, staying alive. Yeah, they're just. I got the worst advice as a young man from my dad when it comes to this fucking topic. All right, let's hear it. He always said, always walk away first. I was just like. That's not good advice. All right, walk away. Run away if you have to. He goes, but if they follow you, that's when you get them. Well, fuck, if I'm walking away, then I don't see them following me. Dad. So that happened, you know, with the cigar guy. Yeah. The guy, comes, I heard you called me a crackhead. This dude was a center for the football team in Arkansas in a little place called Gosnell. I was like, what? A crackhead? I was like, dude, you're like 6'3", 280. You don't look like no crackhead I've ever seen. 
like, no, I don't think I, uh-uh, no. And you beat your ass. Oh, anyway, so I turn around to walk away. I was like, this is, this already sounds bad. And I walk away, and I just, this, this overwhelming pressure builds up on the back of my fucking head. A homeboy stole me in the back of the head. Mm. Probably knocked me a good eight feet. I caught myself on a garbage can. And I remember I was smoking a black and mild. And I just stood there and I smoked the black and mild. And I just looked at that guy like, fuck. It's too late. Like, we've come too far. He already punched me. Yeah. We've come too far. Now, I'm okay with walking away from some shit. But that is not something I'm okay with. Yeah, you got to fight him. And so you got to get your ass kicked. So I flung the black and mild, and that motherfucker just so happened to hit him right there in the eyeball. Lucky. And when it did, he's like, Dazed. Nice. And I ran up and stole that motherfucker with all my might, and we went down, and we're scrambling, and we're, you know. I didn't get my ass beat, but I did get this. Some guy had on a football jersey. He comes and grabs my jersey, pulls it over my head, because I'm in their territory now. And then he somehow gets out, grabs me around my waist, picks me up over his head, oh, and no. drops me knee first into the asphalt. Mm-hmm. And it this is knee first. so bad, huh? At least it's knee first, not oh face first. Oh my God, no! Because I'm I had sure it hurt real rocks bad. Embedded in my kneecap. Yeah, I'm sure it hurt real bad. Like I didn't have any facial wounds. No, nothing, nothing. Did, did coins or anything fly out when you hit the ground? Oh, no, nah, he ain't knocked the chain. Rings, yeah, no. rings. Because like no, I got back up and I was like ready to go, and then, but now I'm surrounded by all these That's fucking people. Yeah, and I was just like, it's his people. It's his people. Yeah, been there. Like, was which is who? Kinda. Actually, who, most of the time I try to stay away from that situation when I can. Look, I went up there with my ex girlfriend's brother. Which See, that's the that's the, the problem up. when you're just trying to fuck. Yeah, you know what I mean. You yeah. ain't got enough homeboys yeah. when shit like that's that happens. The that's the problem. That's and, why you moved to Mississippi. You were like, all right, let me find some and then motherfuckers you're in enemy, around here, and then you're in enemy territory. And that's exactly what you did. It's kind of funny. You got to Mississippi, and you're like, hold up, now I need to find some motherfuckers. That well, can get I had my back. nobody. I had and one. he found me and Joe and all of us. Once I found it, yeah, because it was like it, it just so happened that I met Bobby somewhere. I don't even know where, and I was like, oh, a familiar face. We were cool back in the day. Yeah. I'm going to fuck with Bobby. Yeah, I'm cool with Bobby now. I'm good with Bobby. So I fuck with Bobby. Bobby brings me into this group of people, and I'm just like, mm. It kind of had me gun shy yeah. when I met all you guys at Walmart, and I was just like, man, this is not good. My personality. Just me and Bobby at Walmart. I don't know, Kyle was there, too. Maybe. But my personality is not. It's it's overwhelming at times, so people tend not to like me sometimes. Yeah, you know you, your personality can be yeah. a little overwhelming. Yeah. And so... I just thought it was bad. Plus, y'all, I've been looking up at these guys. They're like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, guys. And I was like, fuck. If it was me and Kyle, the shortest here one would have been 6'3". Here we go. Yeah, 6'3", and 6'5". He was 6'5". Six, 6'5", five. Six, five, whatever. So, I'm like, yeah. here we go. And then... Uh, you know Kyle Reynolds? He's from yeah. Elport. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're talking about. Oh, Kyle. Oh, big Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, Kyle. I, uh, I've, been in, I've been in a few little altercations, but I was pretty good about not getting out of my depth. You know, that's that, that was that's one big piece of advice I would tell young people. If you're going to be kind of about that life, you're going to be getting in fights, you're going to be like, make sure you're not getting out of your depth. Kind of have an idea. I was real cocky, but I was real cocky because I knew I wasn't putting myself in situations to get my ass yeah, that kicked. Was a bad one. I was putting myself in situations that I was, I knew I was going to be all right in. I knew I had people around. I knew I had homeboys. Like, I really ain't really, I really wasn't going to just, 
like I'm not saying I wouldn't fight one on one. I'll fight one on one, but I ain't meeting one on one. Like I'm not I'm not rolling up with no homeboys. I ain't meeting at all. Because you start meeting, that's when people start rolling up with 80, 90 homeboys. That's when people start rolling rolling up 30, 40 homeboys and they're strapped up and you're gonna get in trouble. I ain't meeting shit. I ain't meeting nobody. I ain't meeting. But I ain't rolling up to fight by myself. I'm gonna roll up to fight with an SUV full of homies. I'm gonna roll up to fight with the goon squad. Man, it's smart though. Right. I'm, I've smart. just I've been caught with my pants. All these people talking about, oh no, if you're a man, you should fight heads up. I will fight heads up with my goon squad behind me. It's kind of like that stupid time when we were in West Point at that lake house, and it right? Was just me exactly, you and two others, maybe two others, maybe two others, and maybe then one. there was like a gang, yeah. a goon squad of them. The whole but West Point people were there. It, it I wasn't. Went, they weren't from West Point. They were from. Yeah, they were. I went West off Point. the chain on some dude on a on a balcony. Yeah, or whatever. And I, but I also I it, I didn't jump to get into that fight that was because good, though. you did the right. I thing. was kind of like, mm, I don't bad, know what bad. the numbers are. We yeah. seem to be surrounded. I'm gonna avoid conflict yeah. in this scenario. Good call though. Yeah, I mean, I've always been. I've always been the opposite. Like I've, I've been. I've always been good about that. Like, like oh. if I know I, I like I'm gonna engage if you don't give me an option. Or if I'm on no, I'm on winning ground. Like Kenny Rogers, man, no one to hold him and no one to fight. Right, him. it's just smart. Like, like, and, and anybody that that kind of gets over emotional about it, you ain't really about it. About it, you ain't really uh, to me. And I'm not saying you because you. Oh, I'm not no, saying. I mean, I'm, the bad thing about it is I never was just really. The, I was just. Some folks are just about it, about it, and they're bad a, enough they can carry it. It's gonna be a record. What? What? It's a long show. Yeah, yeah, we do need to cut it. I just don't know like when to shut the fuck up though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. If I feel like I've been wronged, I'm not gonna stop talking. Or right. we're gonna fight, or we're just gonna I'm gonna keep talking shit right. till you fight me. That kind of sucks. Yeah, there's times that I wish I hadn't walked away. I did. What haunts me the most are not the fights I've been in; it's been the times I've walked away. Well, what, that's what haunts I'd me. I'd rather have walked away from more than. Yeah, when I look back and I, I look back on the, there's times that I wish that I'd have stood my ground when I was young, especially. I think I just went to the wrong like, place. Like, like me getting my ass kicked on the football field. Like. And I didn't do shit either time. I laid like one time, old buddy just took me, grabbed me by the face mask, slung me down, got on top of me and mount, and just held me there and like hit me a couple times or whatever. And I just laid there and didn't do shit. And I'm just like, that's probably one of the. I'll sit up in the bed two o'clock in the morning right now thinking about thinking that shit. about what happened to you as a eight year old. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll sit up and think about that all night. My high school and college days, you know, the party days, and like we used to throw house parties at my house. We would do like Fight Club or whatever else to some extent. I mean, we hell we partied. Friday, Saturday, and everyone would stay at the house on Sunday and recover. We did that for years, like probably four or five years. And I remember any time someone who wasn't, and we always rode deep. Hell, it was eight or nine of us every weekend doing the same thing. And when someone would show up at the house because they heard about what we did, like it was like any time they found a problem with any of us, they became self-aware real quick because mm-hmm. if you got a problem with one, you got a problem with all. Yeah. There was times at the Outback Shack we'd be out there, and you've been out there when this has happened, where it would kind of start getting a little heated with somebody, mm-hmm. and then they always would become very – I mean, there's just – there's something about – especially you out in the middle of the woods with a pond and at the, at the yeah, end of the – That's just sketchy right yeah, there. Yeah, with a swamp on each side. Like, all right, so to get to the Outback Shack, it was a shack out by a pond, and you turn – you were out in the country, and you turn down this gravel road that drove down through this swamp with like swamp on each of side of you. And it's probably probably an eighth, probably Maybe an eighth well. or a little more of a mile all the way back. And then you come to this big clearing. Now you got this big house in the shack in the middle of nowhere uh-huh. back in the swamp. 
and people would come back there to these parties and then pretty soon you'd realize something's getting heated and then all of a sudden like record scratch the music would stop and then it'd be 90 motherfuckers just breathing down your neck because the thing about when we throw parties this is true anytime you're at a party all right if you don't know the people there like you're gonna be outnumbered because if you're fighting someone from that main clique, you got all of them. Everybody there, not just the, everybody in his clique, not just everybody in the main little clique that's throwing the party, but they all know that that's the main clique throwing the party, and they want to be on teams with the main clique. That's the reason why that night yeah, they want to come back. In West Point, I wasn't because the guy throwing the party, they that's were cool. a little cooler with him than I was. Yeah. I knew him, and I knew he wasn't really gonna do nothing bad. Like, and he was gonna try to settle, like squash it, but like. They, I knew that they were more in that clique. They all went to school with him and his okay. and his friends. That was the people that had to beef with us, and so we kind of. And I was just too drunk anyway. Yeah, and and I don't, I don't, and I don't know how outnumbered we actually were because in that kind of situation, if they know, okay, well, this is the the clique that's throwing the party. They got beef with somebody. I've seen it happen many times where people have turned on their homeboys. When the people that were throwing the party, I'm like that night with Ant. When Boo Boo got back, Boo Boo was there with Ant. We were there at a, a fight one night. Me and Canyon. I'm not gonna go into the story of the fight because we need to wrap this episode up. But this, I, me and Canyon had take each beating the shit out of this dude. He was there acting crazy. Well, he had come with this other dude. All right, and as he's leaving, the other dude who he came with is talking shit to him. He's like on our scene now, you know. Now, I don't know how close they actually were, but I know that they came as a unit. So maybe they wasn't really that cool, and he's just like, oh, nope, me and him ain't that cool. Because I would have done that in that situation. If I get to a party and there's 100 motherfuckers and I just rode with this dude that I don't know that well, and then he starts acting sideways, hey, we ain't together. Oh, yeah, I'll find another way home. We ain't together. You you go on. We ain't together. I don't even know that dude. I'm sorry. Now, if it's, if it's like Joe or you or you or you, if like we for real know each other, I'm going to hold up for you. But like we just rode together, nope. I call a friend. My mom will come get me. Right. Like, I'm, I ain't leaving with you. I'm not going to be seen with you. I don't want anybody thinking I'm here with you. Matter of fact, don't even sit next to me. Facts. You know? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Anyway, y'all got anything before we wrap it up? Nope. Happy nope. Easter, guys. Happy Except, Easter. Yeah, happy late. Easter. We yeah. didn't even talk about that on the actual live episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of The Man Up Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on Spotify or on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts for the Man Up Podcast. Also, go follow uh, the Mississippi Superman on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. See y'all next episode. Peace.